Before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. We've been talking about breakthroughs and how some breakthroughs come suddenly and some come ma'at, ma'at, little by little. Many breakthroughs involve a spiritual stirring. And that stirring is really important. That's what Cantor Aaron experienced. He was praying. He and Chung Wah Kim were praying together. And during this time of prayer, the Lord stirred up this realization that he was being healed. And he was. And he would share that testimony with us. Stirring of the heart, stirring of the spirit. These are very important for spiritual breakthroughs. There's a passage coming up. It's not in this week's Torah reading, but it's connected to the theme that's in this week's reading. It's in Exodus chapter 35, verse 21. You can turn there for this one verse. They came... Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit was willing. The heart and the spirit were working together. They were stirred, I believe, by the Holy Spirit. And they were stirred in their spirits. This week's Torah portion helps us focus on the stirring of the heart and spiritual stirring. The heart and spirit are connected, and, and they work together in powerful ways. Let's look at this week's selection, Exodus 25, verses 1 through 9. Children of Israel are in the journey from slavery in Egypt, going through the wilderness, and they're headed to the promised land. It will take a while, but this is what the Lord says, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse two, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. And the word is teruma, from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. There are many different translations, but I think that one captures it quite well. They give it willingly with their heart. You shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins and acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod in the breastplate. Verse 8, and let them make for me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them so that I may dwell in their midst. According to all that I show you, this is what the Lord says to Moses, according to all I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so shall you make it. So I like these details. And what is so important is this idea that the Lord wanted to receive the offering from those who were stirred up, whose, whose hearts were willing. The Lord says, 
his, his motivation, his purpose, let them make for me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. Now, it's important to understand that the Lord was giving vision to Moses of the eternal heavenly temple. But Moses built a replica, if you will, that was made of earthly materials and was constructed with human labor. So there already was a heavenly temple. In fact, it was the heavenly temple that was cleansed by Yeshua's sacrifice. And that had an effect on the earth below. Yeshua's Yeshua's death, burial, and resurrection provided atonement that covered a lot of things, but what was most important was the cleansing of the heavenly temple. So why, why did the Lord want the people to build a house for him, a sanctuary for him? He explains it's because he wants to dwell with us. And that one verse Exodus 25, 8, let them make for me a sanctuary so that I may dwell in their midst. So our part, Moses is communicating to the children of Israel, is to make a sanctuary a house for God. And God's motivation needs to be really clear with us. He wants to dwell in our midst. Yeshua would later say, wherever two or three are gathered in my, in my name, there I am in the middle of them. And that's an extension of what Moses was conveying that the Lord was revealing to him. The Lord wants to dwell with us. The Lord wants to dwell among us. He wants to dwell in our midst. And so what kind of house is this sanctuary, this house of God? It's to be a gathering place, a dedicated place, a holy place a physical place for the sake of gathering for worship and for study, for prayer, and even to be a house of prayer for all nations. So the Lord is giving explanation. He's saying, this is what I want. And so why? Why build this sanctuary? Because God wants to dwell with us. And I think it is so important for us to recognize the desire of God. He wants to be with us. And he wants us to be with him. God wants us to be together. He wants to be with us individually, and he also wants to be with us as a community and a congregation. And I compare it to a father who loves each of his children, loves spending time with them, and really loves when they're together with him, and they're all together. Now, this word from Exodus 25, verse 8, touched my wife Sandy very deeply many years ago, and she took it very seriously, and she put her heart and incredible talents into fulfilling that word. I remember when she led a group of us from Beth Israel to go to Europe to see places that would inspire all of us for the effort. When Sandy and I had lived in Europe, we saw many incredible places 
great architecture, inspiring architecture, inspiring parks and gardens and um, retreat centers and facilities. It was inspirational. And Sandy knew that we needed inspiration for the vision. And she was so right. And that's how the Lord works. We're stirred and our whole being is motivated, but the stirring that touches our spirits and our minds and our hearts needs to be accompanied by vision, which includes clarity. And we need to be able to translate the personal vision that's ours into something that other people can run with. Eric Painter worked um, together with us to help make that vision a reality. It was a huge effort. A lot of people joined in with us to help make it possible to build this sanctuary, to build this synagogue. Many people joined together to provide the resources. And so now when we're worshiping at our synagogue, we can gather here and worship the Lord together. And it's important for us to know the purpose of the sanctuary. It's God's purpose so that he can dwell in our midst. He can dwell with us. And that this would be a synagogue that is dedicated to the Lord and a place where we lift up the name of Yeshua. What makes this a messianic synagogue? It's that Yeshua is at the center of our synagogue life. Make for me a sanctuary. That's what the Lord says. Remember, it's for the Lord, it's for his holy purposes. And it's a place that's set aside for his purpose because here we worship, here we pray, here we read scriptures, here we study, here we hear testimonies from one another. And we are built up and we are encouraged and we are empowered. God knows how important his presence is for the people Israel. Moses put it this way, at one point, he said to the Lord, if you don't go with us, we can't go at all. Because he knew something when God is with us, it changes everything. When we come to the sanctuary, when we come to synagogue, when we come to the house of God on Shabbat, and together we are with people who love God and one another, God does amazing things. Think about it. He fills us up. He encourages us. He answers questions. He meets needs. He gives us breakthroughs. He touches our hearts. He reveals things to us. He sends his Holy Spirit to us. He uses his mishpocha, his family, to strengthen us. He pours out love upon us. He teaches us. He guides us. He renews us. He refreshes us. He heals us. This is what we experience when we're together. And every time it can be different. I want to encourage you to be ready for what the Lord is doing and I want to give you five simple details about readiness. Number one, to be available. Sometimes it's just good to show up. And available means not just when it's convenient or, or when it fits your already busy schedule, but to make yourself available. 
And the second detail is to have the desire, the want to. That's an important part of motivation. When the Lord said, build for me a sanctuary so that I can dwell with them and receive an offering only from those whose hearts are willing and are being stirred. Desire is important. The third detail is interest. It's so important to consider something interesting enough to want to be involved. The fourth detail is attitude. We need to have a good attitude and to cultivate it and protect it. And the fifth is resources. If we want to be ready for what the Lord is doing, we need resources, so we need to have the resources so that we can give them. When the Lord said, receive an offering, and then he named what all the things were that he wanted, there were some people, no doubt, who had those things because they had been given them before they left Egypt. And so they were looking, it's like, I got onyx, I've got an onyx stone, okay, I'm bringing onyx, that's what they need. Somebody else said, um, rubies, I've got rubies. And they talked to each other and realized, oh, they don't need rubies, keep your rubies. Available, desire, interest, attitude, and resources. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 30, verses 18 and 19. Because this speaks to the heart of the Lord. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Verse 19, O people in Zion who dwell in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will surely be gracious at the sound of your cry. When he hears, he will answer you. So I want to encourage those of you to wait for him, to, to long for him and desire him, because when you approach him with longing and with desire and looking to him, he will answer you. So you can direct your cries, you can direct your tears, you can direct your needs to the Lord, and you can enter his presence with rest and with trust and with confidence and with shalom, and you can cry to him. I want to tell you, don't just wilt under the heaviness of spirit that comes from silence. When you keep it all inside, you know what? You wilt. You don't get stronger. When you express it, when you open your mouth and express it to the Lord and tell him, even if you cry or wail to him, so be it. Because it's directed to him and he will hear you. And it's important not to confuse being anxious with crying to the Lord, because you can cry inside and not cry to him. Don't confuse also just telling other people about your anxiety or your troubles or your needs as if it were the same as talking to God. Direct your heart and your words to the Lord. And then when you talk to God, be prepared to listen to him. When he hears you calling to him, he will answer you. Now, here's, here's an important 
important guardrail that, that I've discovered. Don't think that calling to him means bossing him around. Don't think that when you tell him what to do and when to do it and how to do it, that you're really calling to him for his answer. You're putting him in the position of being subservient to you. Don't confuse that. That's not what I'm talking about. And I have done that before. I've tried to convince God of what his agenda needs to be, how he needs to do it, why he needs to do it, and when he needs to do it. And usually my when is right now. But that's not crying to him. So rather, when you express what's in your heart to him, mix it with confidence and with gratitude. So this week's Torah portion describes a turning point because prior to this, God has been doing all the giving. And now Israel is going to be giving. And it's so important because in a healthy relationship, there's give and take, there's reciprocity. There is some kind of symmetry between one side and the other. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, there's this recollection. Remember the words of the Lord Yeshua. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, it's important to think about that. It is blessed to receive. Say that with me. It is blessed to receive. And it's even more blessed to give. So both are important. Both are blessed. But Yeshua is teaching us that it's important to be able to receive and it's important to be able to give. And the children of Israel had to learn to receive and to give. One of the ways that we receive is by faith, by the word of the Lord coming to us, and we receive the word of the Lord, and we believe it. We hold on. It's important to hold on. So we also want to cultivate generosity that responds to God because we want hearts that can be moved to action, to reflect the generosity God has shown us and to, to be stirred, to be generous like he is with us. So God's looking for people who will respond to him, who will say yes to him. And he, when he wants to do something, and I believe we're in a season when he wants to be doing a lot of things that touch us as a community, that touch our families and that touch us individually, and that go far from us so that through us he will be able to touch others as well. When he wants to do something, he stirs people. He stirs our spirits. He stirs our hearts. He wants to move us to action. He wants hearts that are willing. We don't have to come up with the whole plan. We have to come up with a response. Lord, what do you want me to do? And we think positively and we want to see something happen. And it's important for us to be definitive, to be decisive, and to say yes to the stirring. Because there are a lot of different ways you can avoid saying yes. You can think about it for so long that you lose it. You can, you can be overcome by other things that need to be done. 
the busyness of life, the cares, the worries, the other responsibilities, the tasks that you have. And it's important when you say yes to get a sense of the timing of the Lord. So you've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention when you're stirred to find out about the timing. And, and it, let me just try to wrap it up with these two details. It's important not to wait for later when the time is now. Does that make sense to you? Don't put it off if the time is now. That's one part. The other part is don't push to make something happen when it's time to wait. Don't enter into striving because that will lead you to do things in your own power, not in the power of God. Now, there are times when God wants us to use our power, and he will be clear. Do this. Build for me a house. Make for me a sanctuary. Do this. Do that. That's in our power to do. Lech lecha, get yourself up and go somewhere. I'll show you where. It's important to have discernment and to pay attention and to have the willingness to say yes to the Lord, whether he wants something now or he wants something soon or he wants something down the road. Our yeses can be clear when we recognize the stirring. Now, if you don't know what the Lord's timing is, it just means talk to him. Get a sense from him. Get good counsel. If you're the kind of person who's impulsive, you probably need counsel when you have impulses to just do things without planning. If you're the kind of person who procrastinates, you probably need counsel to help you get off your yes buts. <laughs> You have to know yourself, but you spend time with the Lord honestly and say, Lord, when, how, and so forth. And as you cultivate this, you know what? Your heart becomes willing, your spirit becomes willing, and you begin to recognize the stirrings of the Lord. And yes, there is subjectivity to it because there's some intuitive sense and some spiritual sense and some emotional sense that can go beyond the other ways that we have of knowing things. But step by step, you find that you can get stronger, you can exercise your spiritual muscle and become stronger in your discernment. So we're gonna stop right now. I looked at my phone and it was 1240. And whenever I see 1240, it always makes me happy because that was the, uh, the frequency of the radio station that our family owned. And so I look at it and it's like, oh, happy number for me. <laughs> so it's always good for me to stop at 1240 if I haven't stopped earlier. Well, we're going to pray. I want to pray for you that your hearts will 
say yes to the Lord when he's stirring you, that your minds will say yes to the Lord when he's stirring you, that you won't second guess yourself, that you won't doubt yourself, but you will press into him and try to let your yes be yes, to let your no be no, and to develop that discernment and that spiritual muscle and power that enables you to accomplish what God wants to do in you, for you, and through you. And we can all say amen. So we're going to close with Aaron's blessing. You can please rise. Don't forget to sign up for the welcome class and the membership class. And Aaron, I'm stuck on this mic. I can't move. I'm not wireless today. I've been stuck before. I Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ye'er Adonai panave lecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yasem lecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom.